0: Hello!
1: And welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. My name's Helen.
0: And I'm Alex. And thanks for joining us for another episode in our Mental Health Week series. Today we're going to discuss moving to and finding one's feet in London, talking in particular about the important role that a singing teacher plays in this, the classical music social scene and London as a city in general. For today's short, we're absolutely thrilled to be joined by soprano Helen Lacey. Helen completed her BMus at the Royal Northern College of Music and moved to London for her master's degree at the Royal Academy of Music. I had the great pleasure of watching both Helen Lacey as well as our very own Helen in a fabulous production of Cavalli's Legista with Hampstead Garden <laughs> Opera last summer. More importantly, however, (laughs) Helen happens to be my neighbour, so has the honour of seeing me practice yoga in the garden when it's sunny. Lucky her. So, hello and welcome to the pod, Helen.
2: Hello! And I I love your yoga out the window, it's my favourite thing on a sunny day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we thought today we we could have a chat about how you found moving to London in general. Um, how you found living here since since making the move, etc. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? I
2: mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big it's a big topic, but it's a good one, isn't it? Because London is. I don't know about you guys, because I didn't grow up in London, so it was always this this big draw for me. So it was like everything was going on here, and it had a bit of a sheen around it. You know, like London is where all the music is, where all the people are who are doing the thing. <laughs> But yeah, I guess for what we're talking about today, it's not all all that, is it? It is that, but it's many other things as well. And I think yeah. for me, moving to London was, it was quite a big like up and down process. Like there were lots of really good mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lots of lows as well. And it was like an interesting time good. of like, good, that's what I want to know about
0: <laughs> All cast, all cast, this is your five minute call. Repeat. All cast, all cast. This is your five minute call.
1: So you moved you moved to London from Manchester, right? After you so you did your time at the Northern? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I did my undergrad in Manchester and then I moved straight off to that. How did you feel? Was it like a smooth transition? Uh did you feel it was something you were able to kinda find your feet with quite quickly did you have like a support system kind of around you in terms you were singing yeah tell us about the experience
2: well it was uh, i was living in lots of different places at the time because obviously you know yeah. a thing we all love at london is how expensive it is so mm-hmm. yeah i was kind of lodging with lots of different people or like living in different places so it it, it probably wasn't it wasn't a smooth transition like I was living
1: somewhere for like four months and then kind of like starting somewhere else for a while and oh and moving is so stressful it's such you know such an additional stressor on on top of everything else
2: but it was I think at that time it was really exciting for me yeah it was I really enjoyed that aspect of it like meeting new people in terms of like a support network or like to be honest I don't really have loads like i think people were moving to london in like dribs and drabs and um i initially started a choral scholarship at st martin in the fields which that was good it was good to have that as a kind of like place that you go in and there's like a pool of people who you get to know because otherwise it's just quite yeah, isolated like yeah yeah um especially coming from like a uni experience and then yeah being kind of yeah in the freelancing world which is really you have to build it up
1: yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: there weren't that many of you that came to London from like Mm. did did you feel like you were one of 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 quite a small number? yeah
2: like a lot of them now are in London or kind of all over the place but at the time yeah not really there was like maybe two people from our year who did yeah I think I kind of got to the end of my time at RNCM which I really enjoyed actually but I kind of got a bit of a surge, I was like, oh, I really want to kind of go somewhere new and do something new. And yeah. you know what you're like at that age. Like, how old was I now? 20, like early 20s. And I was like, mm, I just want to mm-hmm. go and get all the stuff. Yeah, and I wasn't very focused. Do you know what I mean? I was very like, yes. I want to do all the work, like any work that's singing, like anything that would give me money.
0: And did you, you obviously had to change singing teacher, I guess, right? That mm. must have been quite a big step as well. How did you find that and the support from from that teacher
2: well so when I first moved to London I actually didn't like initially I didn't really have a teacher so I kind of sort of pushed back a bit because I think after doing like conservatoire for four years for the undergrad I kind of hit a bit where I kind of- Oh, so naive, so young. I was like, oh, I've done it. Yeah. I've done. I've done the lessons I've done singing. You learned it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. master. I, I've, I've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't need the lessons. And I started having some, and then they kind of built up because I thought actually, after about a year, I was like, I do actually want to, yeah, maybe do a masters or kind of take this further. After about a year, I was also feeling. I think a bit more lost in terms of like, you know, you've come from a an institution where you've got like coaches and you've got friends and, and you can debrief after everything. You know, you just go into the canteen, yeah. it's like, you know, that wasn't the best day or that was great or whatever. And so yeah, I, I think I yeah, you know, I've felt the need to kind of like have more lessons then and try and get back into the flow. But I'm not convinced at the time that I had the best teacher for me. And I think it was, there was a lot of negativity.
1: And so as you moved to London, did you feel you kind of carried that energy with you? Like trying to work out like where you are, how you fit. And you've kind of got this, I don't know, is it like a voice in the back of your head or like a kind of situation covering that, that transition for you?
2: I think at first, actually, like definitely not, which is probably why it sort of descended, I guess, because at the beginning it was like, it was great. It was all just like adventures and I'm getting paid to sing, you know, and I'm living in these cool places. And then it was kind of like, I think pressure, um, which you've talked about on previous episodes, haven't you? It sort of built for me slowly. So I was doing, you know, lots of different kinds of work, but. I didn't really know what I wanted, where I was going, like, vocally or... And I think... I guess it's important to remember that at that point in your life as well, it's, like, we're all just, like, quite young. We don't know... We're learning that as well. We're, like, we're learning about ourselves whilst yeah. we're also doing something that's, like... We're incredibly vulnerable, I think. It's hard. It's really it's really tough. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, I've been thinking more about it recently, I suppose, in terms of music and, and what it means. Like, people, I think... I don't know if you guys have heard or feel this as well. People are starting to talk more about it in in like mental health in relation to performing. And,
0: mm-hmm, 100%.
2: But I remember, yeah, I went to this talk at Wigmore Hall, and this like stuck in my mind. I think it will forever probably, and it was a talk about mental health and physical health in um in classical music, and it was really good. There was like yeah, talk on all the kind of like you know, keeping your voice healthy and everything. And then there was a QA and a at the end with, like, um, medical practitioners who obviously know that side of it. And then also with singers who perform regularly and are quite famous. And this established singer basically said, um, this isn't quite verbatim, but she basically said, like, it's not the place. Don't bring anything into the rehearsal room. Like, oh. if people show any kind of weakness... It's like dog eat dog, you'll be out. And I just sat there and I thought to myself, like
1: Fuck, Jeez. What? Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not good enough. Um No it's not, mm. it's not. I think the conversation is Really important people are starting to speak more positively about mental health mm-hmm, in relation mm-hmm. to our practice. That's great. Uh actually quite recently, uh Alan Clayton did an interview in relation to his uh Peter Grimes mm-hmm, production, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has just been at the Royal Opera House, and he talks about how difficult it is to kind of live this life. And he talks about he's struggling with his mental health, struggles with his weight, struggles with his drinking, etc. etc. And I was like, gosh, it's really nice to we're well, not nice, but you know what i mean it's refreshing in a way to read somebody speaking so mm. frankly about the fact that this career is 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 really, really tough and you know classic, I was reading the comments section because you always wonder like what other people have to say about it, and so many of these people are like gosh i had, I had no idea it was it was so difficult <sighs> and it's like yes yeah, it's, it's really hard and and it's fantastic that we're we're starting to have these conversations, but it 's more like when will that filter down?" to us doing the work that we do Mm. you know what i mean in terms of our practice and our rehearsal rooms and our situations because i think once you get to a certain level you kind of almost are able to be more open because it's like well you know that's alan clayton he's about to go and hit the mat with peter grimes whatever and it's like when do when when is it when is it acceptable for me as me to like yeah be be able to be vulnerable it's it's it should be more common, but I I think it's it's gonna take time. But you know that's that's partly why we're we we're having these conversations now. You know,
2: absolutely, yeah, yeah. But I think it's really good though that people that high up, like and
1: established, are
2: talking about it because actually in the past 100%. it's just like that. I think that's in a way like how it should start. I think.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it like it sets an example that we can then work follow with and from. follow. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And I think it doesn't show. I I wonder where it kind of comes from. I suppose it's this idea of, I suppose classical music being a kind of thing people would go to, and it's escapism, it's perfectionism. You know, oh, I was so yeah. wowed by like something that seemed so impossible. You know, this like amazing sound. Like how does it work?
0: And yeah, this yeah. idea of
2: yeah, maybe people don't want that that sheen to be broken or something. That's exa- oh, Of course,
0: yeah. Well, if you're if you're if you think about it's. Its original function or its function still is to entertain, right? And you don't want to you don't want to go to an entertainment thinking about all the negative things that the performers are going yeah. through. You want to go to entertainment to be entertained, and because you've paid sure. money to do it as well. So you paid more money to to know nothing about it in a sense. Mm. That's, but that's I mean,
2: to my is. to my like thoughts, I think like it doesn't really take away from anything about him as an artist, if, if anything. It makes him brave and Whoa, honest. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. He'll be an even better Peter
0: Graham because of that, like, way, way, way better because he's got layers like an onion. Mm, yum. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess also, like, how did you find obviously when you moved to London how did you find fitting in to a sort of social scene did you find that you had to break in were people welcoming
2: I think that one of the things I struggle with perhaps is kind of knowing as to kind of what work is right for you because I know when I came out I already feel like I've got more idea now but like when I first moved to London I just did everything you know I just Mm. did like (laughs) every choir gig every wedding any opera that would take me like everything and it was sort of like i'd go to the choir gigs and everyone would be like a bit but you're an opera singer right and then i go into yeah. the opera stuff and people would be like aren't you like a, you a, a choral, choral singer That's right. yeah oh. it was like i sort of felt a bit like i was stuck between the two worlds and in terms of like the choral world it did seem in london like it had a very specific social um, uh, vibe <laughs> and all the people had come from like specific unis and it was quite I found it really hard to break in which actually I hadn't found in 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 opera chorus work for instance where actually there's a lot of individuals from quite different backgrounds ish I mean (laughs) not enough but um yeah and that really really surprised me actually and I was like that definitely took some of the sheen off because I was like oh this works amazing and you know doing these tours and stuff and then it was like but socially it's like impossible to like break in here
1: like yeah.
2: it's um yeah. it's, it's cliquey really...
0: isn't it
1: yeah yeah as you as you talk about it i think about our experience and like obviously we had the fortune of coming from this institution that sets you up for like a large volume of work when you move to london and so obviously like for you not having that was I don't know, I'm just wondering, like how did you deal with that? Was was that like, you know, something you kind of compartmentalized and you were like, okay, this is one thing mm. and then I go to opera and I do this thing or, well, yeah, how did you cope with that? Cause that's, that's not easy, I don't, I don't think at all.
2: Yeah, I, I think at first actually, especially with the choir work, I sort of tried to, <laughs> I remember, I think I tried to sort of be a bit more, I was like, okay, I think I need to not change myself, but I need to reel myself in for a while. And I think yeah. it lasted probably about a month. And then classic, I just ended up like cracking some sort of stupid joke and it was like, yeah, (laughs) well, that's That's that's, me, that's That's
0: not (laughs) Surprise.
2: We might (laughs) as well be honest. I feel like I've sort of got to this point now where I would hope, yeah, you've got to try and be a bit more true to yourself, haven't you? And I think Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm, that's, uh, mm -hmm. how we make interesting things and say interesting things. Otherwise, we're just, yeah. And you know what? I kind of feel like I've come to a point as well where I'm like, actually, if if it doesn't work if i don't work in those specific ensembles or you know that's okay that's fine you know like we yeah. don't have to be amazing at everything yeah it's good to sort of know where where we fit and where we thrive so i think that's really nice and and taking a bit of power in that like there's a lot A lot of people have said to me sometimes the thing they find hard about um, music, career music, especially like maybe singing and choruses and stuff, is that often you're just you don't have much agency. So I think that's if you can kind of bottle that feeling a little bit and be like, well, the agency I do have is that I don't have to say yes to this work. You know, you guys have talked about this before. It's really hard, though. Yes.
0: Say no No to everything. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that was my (laughs) I love it. And that was my rookie era when I came to London. I said yes to everything everything but in a way I don't regret it because I think I learned a lot
0: now how do you find living in London we've spoken about your initial experiences how yeah how do you find just the like the busyness and the size of it is that something mm. that gets to you at all or or maybe not maybe you thrive off it
2: Ooh, that's an interesting one because I moved to where I am now during the pandemic and mm-hmm. i love i love it here i and actually i've always loved most areas i've been in so i think maybe that's not so much of an issue i think in terms of the work like that of course is going to be overwhelming because you know you are a bit sold this idea like oh London's is a place to go and all the work's there and it's you know a bit like <laughs> growing up in a village it's a bit like oh that's where the streets are paved with gold it's... <laughs> and, then, and then you get there it's like Maybe they are, but everyone else knows that too. So for that, I kind of really like that aspect of it. But I think it's important to kind of take yourself away a bit sometimes, maybe. Yeah, I think I feel definitely more settled now than I did. Yeah. I I think mainly because I'm just like, oh, I know that I can do that and I'm good at that. And I feel appreciated when I do certain types of work or like, um, yeah. And like over, over your 20s, I think you just do get more confident in yourself and, what you should do, what you shouldn't do.
0: Yeah, of course. I suppose, yeah, I mean, from my experience, it's like you're finding yourself as a person uh, and as a professional. So Mm. now, finally, at the grand old age of 29, you know, I feel comfortable-ish in both of those things. So I'm like... Someone doesn't like me. They can get a grip. They can just leave. Yeah, leave my yeah. presence right now. Um <laughs> I just have no time for it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, before I I I would never have been able to think like that. I wouldn't have had the confidence in either of my professional or personal sides, I don't think.
1: Yeah, and like self like again like self-security, being like secure enough within yourself to be like, okay, that's like okay if that person doesn't like me, mm. like it doesn't it doesn't change me and and you know, the, trying to trying to cope with the idea that not everybody does like you, mm. or not everybody can like you. I I still mm. still struggle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can say yeah, it's easier
2: said than done, isn't it? And um,
1: hundred yeah, percent.
2: Yeah, and there's your voice, and then there's you, and those things. It yes. could be either or both of those things.
0: And do you feel? you have an identity here in London now? As in, like, do you feel like a Londoner? Maybe that's a funny question to ask, and maybe no one really does, but I just wondered how you would feel about that label.
2: Alex, I feel like a citizen of the world, you know? No. (laughs) 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 Um, I definitely feel right now like I'm enjoying it, mostly. Mostly. That's good. And I feel, yeah, I think during the pandemic, I feel quite, like, connected in a way to the area now like in, in an immediate sense not just like the, the whole city because yeah. everything shrunk didn't it? everything kind of became quite um yeah you couldn't go places so you're basically just like yeah. you ended up bumping into people and making connections a bit more locally which was really nice but um yeah, 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 yeah. in terms of london and the uk in a bigger sense i think kind of with brexit and uh yeah like a lot of stuff that's happened in the last few years i think that's there's a lot of stuff about the uk that is kind of deeply problematic i think you know Um, yeah and that's hard to kind of turn away from sometimes i mean that's not really like a london specific issue but
1: no i think there's certainly like a disenfranchisement like with the with the country as a like as a whole and I, i would say our generation and probably the generation below are the generations that are beginning to like reckon with that because i would say like our parents generation or whatever it's still kind of like great britain is great and and don't get me wrong there's a lot of great things about this country but as you say there's a lot of stuff that runs underneath that that we do need to kind of face and we do need to kind of now i think account for but i also imagine having come from like for you from such a, a a small village, small town, and then you move to Manchester, which which is a big city in comparison. And then you move to London, which is an even, even bigger city in mm. comparison to that. Like, I think having lived in these big cities, it really will in the future, I imagine, it affects wherever you live because the scope, speed, scale of London mm. is incomparable to so many cities across the country. Like being here, I mean, Switzerland's a, a, Bizarre comparison because Switzerland really is quite small. So like Bern is one of their biggest cities, and I'm pretty sure I walked it like corner to corner in a few hours. And I was a bit like, "There's got to be more. Mm. <laughs> Where is it?" <laughs> I was like, "It has to be. There has to be more to it, like than this." But it, actually, it's not necessarily. It is a much smaller kind of city, and and because of London, you're you're expecting these kind of hubs and cities to feel mm. bigger and crazier because that's what you've like grown to know and I, I almost think in a way like you don't feel like a londoner until you're not in london and then you're mm-hmm. like oh i really like yeah a was a londoner yeah yeah. that well, there
2: is a certain energy about it isn't there which is which is amazing it's, and i think the pace the pace, the pace, pace is yeah. crazy yeah. yeah
1: absolutely and
2: you can meet new people so quickly and, and people that are really yeah. different to you i think you mm-hmm. know i think that's mm-hmm. one of the things i really like about it
1: also i think like we were saying like the energy i think that's that's something i miss like we always it's stuff is happening stuff happens in london and so when you're there you're like i'm in it like i'm in this place where like stuff is happening and um that's exciting you Mm. know it's exciting to be a part of that i was wondering like you know as you're telling us about moving here and and finding your place and and finding your own voice you know that that career that works for you like how did you kind of take care of yourself during this like period of of learning to find yourself Mm. how did you care for your well-being both both physically and mentally
2: oh boy um (laughs) to being purely honest I don't think I did yes I think now it's one of the things I'm like I I still feel like I'm learning really um because it was never ever something I knew about growing up you know like for me like no one never talked about mental health or anything like that or And I think it's even really in the last year or two, I feel like I'm learning more through like studying or just chatting to people about just like, as well, I mean, this is kind of a different topic, but linked, like just how mental health like impacts your voice, you know, and like your voice, our singing voice is so linked to our emotions. So of course, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. if you're having a rough time and the problem is with it all is it's like a cycle, isn't it? And it can start at any point. It could start with you having vocal issues. And then that's going to translate into like you feeling stressed or tense. And then that goes into your voice and then it goes around Mm. and around and around. And you have to like find a way to break this cycle. So I think for me, it was sort of those things maybe. And it was also other factors. So we've got like a twofold circle going around here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard to kind of pinpoint a time because I think it's like an ongoing thing, isn't it? Like even now, you know. I wanna, you know, we can all go through periods of like tough times and it's just trying to manage that. I think maybe um, the one thing I've learned, I think recently is more like you have to try and this sounds so zen, doesn't it? You have to try and I think, especially to like be a singer, look after all parts of yourself to be performing well and and that really is like a recent uh, epiphany for me i'm not like it isn't just about steaming or um <laughs> which <anyway, it> doesn't <laughs> always work anyway it is about the steaming um you know it's about like trying to do things that make you happy and
1: yeah trying to yeah. keep those those positive feelings so for you at the moment it's like attempting to find this balance of all these things and and that is how you're kind of you know taking taking care of yourself if you will that's like the way you're mm. attempting that self-care like making sure like all your parts of self are like yeah attempting to
2: you know update you
1: <laughs> get back
0: We're to in 10 trying. years I'll be yeah, like yeah, oh come on. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah
2: of course <laughs> so yeah when I moved to London and I was kind of like struggling yeah with kind of finding my way and feeling a bit lost which was kind of before I did a master's and things I had no clue I had no clue and I think it was like trying to go out in the pitch black with a torch that's, like, running out of batteries. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Hunting around. I was like, just, why Why is this not working? Um, and I think it all got so much, you know, like, that cycle we are talking about, that I... It was, like, the one time where I really, really questioned, is this what I want? Because I, I've kind of come round and round and round and I'm just a bit, like, stuck in this cycle a little bit.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you feel then that, like the masters, the, the time you spent at academy, was that like a turning point for you? Was that like a shift in the right direction for you? What, what kind of made you think like, no, yes, this is the right mm. thing for me to do. Like this is the right move.
2: Yeah, RAM, as a place, it's hard to know because half of it was during the pandemic, but the teachers I had there, like a hundred percent. And it made me realize like that some other experiences I've had, well, I just, they were just so supportive.
1: I was really lucky. That's wonderful. Yeah, To have that, that's really... And it's so important in your growth and development to have mm. somebody that's like, you know, a cheerleader, someone that backs your your decision-making yeah. and your growth. Yeah, of course.
2: And also that it's... I think the, th- the one thing I was like, oh, this is great, is just it being a safe space. So not that feeling that when you go into a lesson, you're terrified or mm. that you can't try stuff. Because if you can't there, where can you? And it's... Um, that's the thing that I really value and i like still see them now and it, it's just it's really really nice but I, I think i also had a career and this is sort of funny but maybe there's a little bit of truth in. Like, it. So, so, so when i had my big like okay is this like a check-in point of when before i started ram and i was talking to my friend's um sister and she was like well because um, her they have this family like accounting business and she was like i mean maybe we can just get you sort of doing some part-time work here and i sort of th- sat there and thought about it for about 30 seconds and i was like no, no
0: please no get me out it's of it's not conversation. for me and I was just yeah,
1: thinking,
2: no. like, not but like what else would i do because i think i do love other things but it was kind of a bounce back i was like okay i'm low but but i'm not, right. that low. <laughs> I'm not there it's
0: <laughs> not there i'm
2: not like yeah, i'm not I'm ready to like that. completely throw the towel in and not um you know Try and, try and get through this. And I think, this. you
1: know, to yeah, to think about like being in that place and, and, you know, but through that pandemic, how far you've come, like the career that you're building for yourself now, like, you know, it's it's exciting to see. And actually I, I find for some people that, you know, really kind of case dependent, the, the pandemic helped kind of clarify the direction. So like, you know, it, it gave us all the chance to assess and think about what we want, what we don't want, what we're doing, what we're not doing. And like, obviously, Things are difficult right now. You know, our, our industry is still attempting to recover and find its feet. But at least I kind of sense from you, you have a greater sense of the work that you want to do the way that you want to do it the the work you're willing to accept and not accept and and it's nice to see that to see you know not total security but a but more of a sense of like I know mm. like these things are the yeah. things
2: I mean yeah it's you've got to practice what you preach there haven't you because I mean yeah <laughs> sometimes and, and like sometimes. every day is different yeah, yeah. and then yeah. sometimes yeah. I end up taking on a piece of work and I'm like oh
1: you said three years ago that you <laughs> do this again. <laughs> but you forgot. But like, we're human. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. y- you can't you yeah. can't be perfect. You can't be like always getting it right. But it's more like if you have those ideas in mind, at least you can attempt to kind of work with them and, mm. and, 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 and work by them, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
0: Thank you so much, Helen, for uh, coming on the pod and sharing your thoughts whoop, whoop. so openly with us. It's really nice to talk to someone about living in London and just being here. It's, yeah, curious. Because I grew up here.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, growing up here, it's it's hard for you to, like, see that picture in and how different it is to come mm. from somewhere, like, so much smaller in, and, you know, ingratiate yourself in, in such a big city. Yeah, mm. exactly.
0: But, yeah, how can people get in touch with you, by the way, Helen, if they want to ask Me. you any more questions? Yeah. Yes, you, Helen. Well, sorry. my
2: number is... Where uh... can I find you? <laughs>
0: mm.
2: No, um, you could email me at helen underscore lacy at hotmail.com or go on my instagram helen lacy yeah so my website is www.helenlacysprono.com and it's a little bit outdated but watch this space because big things are coming oh my big gosh really
0: how exciting
1: believe it, <laughs> believe it. <laughs> I will, I will. Oh, my God.
0: Um, and, of course, we have our usual contact details. Uh, we have our website, which is www.whereismyfreakingdressingroom.com. And we have our email address, which is room at gmail.com. Helen.
1: We have social media. You can catch us on Facebook, forward slash dressing room Pod. You can catch us on Instagram, at dressing room Pod, Or you can catch us on Twitter, at dressingroompo1. Thanks for joining us, guys, for another short in our Mental Health Week series. And we'll catch you all again soon. Bye!